Welcome one and all to the Game Luster Podcast. This is Trevor hosting here once again, and I'm joined once again by my little crew of Brennan. Hello. And Haley. Hi. And today we're going to start off in not-so-unusual fashion with a little discussion on what has been rocking our gaming libraries. I won't go first, I'll let my two guests begin, and we will begin among them with Brennan. So, Brennan, I will turn it over to you, hopefully not for the last time, to share with us what you have been gaming or playing um, in recent times. Well, uh, this is... This might get kind of controversial, but I, um, last week I broke down and I bought Star Wars Battlefront 2 for the PC for $20 because it was on sale. And really, yeah, um, I know shocked, right? Um, Hmm. (laughs) um, and the re the biggest reason that I did that was because on March 21st, they rolled out a new an entirely new progression system in the game where they completely removed star cards, which were the randomized upgrade system. And they removed... They had already removed all microtransactions, um, but they... They said that they were going to re-implement them, microtransactions, later on in April for cosmetic skins. But more on the progression system, it works very similarly to pretty much any previous Battlefield game where the more you play a certain class, which I like very much differently from the first one. Um, In the first one, there were random upgrades and random weapons that pretty much any character could pick. So you ended up having like the whole team having jetpacks and everyone just flying around. But... In Battlefront 2, there's there's specific class systems, and the more you play the classes, the more you can upgrade different cards, you get skill points for leveling up, and there's, um, there's a, a bunch of different classes. There's not just four. There's also different infantry classes, such as the Jetpack Trooper, which is its own specialized class, and to play as these different classes, you need to spend battle points, which are points that you earn in-game by playing the objective, getting kills, etc. And right off the bat, um, compared to Battle uh, Battlefront 1, and I, I might I might confuse it with Battlefield, so uh, for... You you have once. Have I? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I will say once you said it, and I, I was about to interject, but then I let you continue. Um, yeah, no, th- only because I've uh, they really feel similar. Um both in terms of how they play and, I guess, the new progression system now, which I, I I don't mind it. It's not... You obviously have people that played before this progression system where they they did the random loot boxes the and they got the best cards. But I don't... Mm-hmm. I didn't feel outclassed by anyone for the most part. I, I was never like, oh, he's got the best card. Like, obviously, I wasn't going to kill him. Um, it, it seemed relatively balanced um i'm not well versed on the the technical aspects of the game but it 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 seems pretty uh pretty balanced in terms of having new players join in 
after the progression system versus people that had been playing prior. So in other words, if you're starting this game up new, you don't have to worry about just getting destroyed all the time. No. Um, I personally, um, I felt like I was, having just bought the game, being level one, I would find myself being in uh, uh, either the, probably like the top half of the leaderboard almost 90% of the time. Um, and, I, you know, that, that might just be because of I, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I don't know the maps very well. Um, I'm not sure how exactly that accounts for people just having better cards than me. But, I mean, you, you play smarter, not harder, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I just, I feel like if you, if anyone thought that if, if you kind of imagined that this is what Battlefront was going to be like before the whole controversy, if, if you like the whole no season pass thing, um, different classes, being able to buy, well, I say buy, but um, being able to use heroes and mm-hmm. different vehicles through a point system rather than just a random pickup, then I think that you would actually pretty enjoy it. It's not the best game I've ever played, but it's it's not exactly the worst game I've ever played either. It's, it's, it's very mindless. Um, I don't find myself getting frustrated. I, it's one of those games where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to play a, a, a Battlefield-esque Star Wars game. And that's pretty much exactly mm-hmm. what it feels like. It does feel like a almost like a dumbed-down, stripped-down version of Battlefield, but with Star Wars skins over it. And if you like Battlefield games and you like Star Wars, then I don't see any reason for anyone to, to not try it. Um, though I wouldn't... I can't say that it's it's worth sixty dollars. I'm I'm really happy that I ended up buying it on a sale for twenty because I, I I don't know I it's it's like I said before it's not the best game I've ever played but it's certainly not the worst. Well, it sounds like they've cleaned up all of the um, microtransactions that were controversial at release. I mean, are, are there any microtransactions left in it? Uh, as of right now, no. Um, you can't buy none at all. None at all. Yeah, no. Um, okay. And then, so they haven't, at least not to my knowledge, they haven't discussed the cosmetic skins that are going to be able, going to be available for purchase in April um, this month. But, so I guess my biggest question is, is what they did with the credit system, which were, I believe, used to buy loot crates to get better Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, they you still have credits, and they said that you would be able to also buy cosmetics with those credits. And I guess what I want to know is, is are these microtransactions going to be specific skins? Like, would I have to buy? Uh, would I have to be able? I don't know how to word this. Um, can I use credits to buy? Cosmetics that I could also buy with micro, uh, with real money. Like, let's say, for instance, there's a red stormtrooper. I don't know if they're going to lock that behind just cash only, or if they're going to give you the option and be like, okay, similar to League of Legends, where you can be like, okay, if you actually know, that's more of the champions, not skins. Um, but the League of Legends champion model, where if you play enough, you can buy it with in-game currency, or if you want, you can just skip that altogether and just purchase it with real money. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a little skeptical on that. Uh, I would I would like to be able to to use my, my credits or whatever 
for cosmetic items. I just don't know exactly what they're going to do with that. And that's also a, a similar model to Quake Champions as well, where you can play to earn in-game currency to purchase items, but you can also just buy in-game currency with real money to go straight to purchasing them without having to slowly build up your in-game earnings. And and so, then in all, if you... Well, I assume, did you... You had played the first Star Wars Battlefront. I've assumed that all along. Had you played that first? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. And you would consider yourself like a competent player? Um, yeah, I'm, for the most part, yeah. Uh, okay. But if you haven't played the first Battlefront, you would say that as long as you have that interest in Star Wars, this will do you. If it's on sale, I guess you would say, because you... You said, like, the full $60, it wouldn't be worth that. But if it's on sale and you like Star Wars, and if you have any experience in games like Battlefield, this would do you, is what you're saying. You've had some fun yes. with it. Yes, I have. I I actually have had some fun with it, yes. I I, I, I want to defend it um, entirely, but I, I obviously can't do that. Um, but, yeah, it's... What, what they do well... And I think the main reason of being a Star Wars fan, I mean, obviously you kind of have to be, um, but they do a really good job of just how the, just all the the, the minutia, like the the way the blasters sound, the music that booms in the background, and and having um, I don't know, just iconic characters just running around and being like, oh well, there's Darth Vader, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. It's I don't know. It's 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 kind of cool. It reminds me of you know being a little kid and and playing around with my Star Wars action figures. Or, or it's I wouldn't really compare it to the original Battlefront. I don't think anything can touch that. Um, but it certainly does remind me of a stripped down Battlefield. But yeah, I, like I said before, if, if you like Star Wars and it's on sale, go for it. You might be you might be surprised at how much you actually like it. Yeah, it's got all the authentic sounds in it and everything. I remember that was even true of the Jedi Knight series. And, like, I've seen screenshots, of course, of this. I hadn't played the first Battlefront, but I was interested but hesitant because I'm not too big on online multiplayer games, especially big, wide, widespread ones like this. I don't have much experience with Battlefield. But just seeing the screenshots with the Star Wars uh, themes in it and everything, it did interest me. Um, maybe someday, I mean... Like, we'll, we'll even discuss Far Cry 5 a little bit in this podcast. You know, I haven't had time for that, and there are tons of games in my backlog, so no guarantees. But there's at least a kernel of interest with me and this game. And I have played the Jedi Knight game, so doing a first-person Star Wars game, I could definitely be down for. Yeah, it's... Um, I had a point, and then I completely forgot it. I'm very sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> One of those days. Well, if it comes back to you... Feel free to interrupt. Will do. At least interrupt me, but I don't know. <laughs> so has it just been uh, Star Wars Battlefront then? Have you been doing anything else anymore? Descending the ranks in League of Legends or anything else? I've actually taken a, uh, a little bit of a break from League of Legends. I, I had some friends competently sit me down and be like, Look, Bren, you're not nearly as good as yeah. you used to be. You have to... Yeah, you need... <laughs> like, you have to relearn the whole game before you can play with us. Um, yeah, it sound, sounds like you needed a break from it, so I guess a good little Star Wars break. Yeah, that, and um, I also picked up The Division while it was on sale. Um, and ah. I played that at launch 
for PlayStation, and I got about halfway through it and just kind of got bored. I didn't have anyone to play with. Um, but I've been sitting through that lately, and uh, I've been doing a lot of comparing of the state of the game at launch versus now. Um, they've obviously mm-hmm. come out with a lot more DLC and a lot of free updates, and a lot of uh, a common theme was that there was no end game at launch like you just got the 30 and you maybe mess around in the dark zone which is like the pvp area and mm-hmm. that was pretty much it but apparently now there's there's global events there's different um kinds of dlc there's like a like a survival slash battle royale system which was made before uh, pubg and fortnite um where you actually have to put on jackets to not get hypothermia and die and it, it's it adds, it takes that battle royale system and just throws in a couple extra things to make it a little bit more interesting. I haven't, t- I haven't done too much in that. I, I, I played it for about five minutes and died immediately because I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Um, well, it sounds par for the course. Yeah, but um, but nowadays people are saying that the game really starts when you hit level thirty. So I'm I'm really I'm only level twenty two right now. I'm just running through all the zones, but I'm really interested to to see the end game and and play through that because for whatever reason I really like grindy games uh, immediately what I thought of was um, was Diablo 3 like Diablo 3 doesn't really mm-hmm. start until you hit the level cap and then start grinding for the sets and doing challenge riffs and all that fun stuff and you know leveling was just kind of a chore at that point but um, yeah I'm, I'm excited to see that through to the end and then maybe I'll get back to League who knows and like the appeal of grindy games, I mean, it sounds so funny to say it doesn't even start until you hit the level cap. Because um, the appeal of them is chasing that carrot and just, like, you typically people even listen to music while they do them. I haven't played Diablo 3, I've played the first two. But I can get into them as well, you just get lost in that loop. And sometimes you have to take a step back and realize, like... Am I even having that much fun anymore? You know, like, what am I looking for? And, and so on. And it yeah. seems like you got to that point with League and just needed a break to just uh, yeah, blow stuff away I, in Star Wars. I, I had a lot of... Like I said, my friends kind of sat me down and basically explained of, that I had to relearn the game. Um, and that was kind of a shock because... I'd already learned how to play the game, so having to relearn it um, is kind of annoying. Uh, but they're right, though. I and I was hitting a point where League just wasn't really as fun anymore. Not only because I didn't really know what I was doing, because they constantly change it all the time, but I don't know. It just wasn't it wasn't hitting that itch like it used to. Like sitting down and just like, okay, here's the computer mouse, here's the keyboard. This is called a video game, you know, <laughs> double-click the icon, just completely go through it all, like the age-old mathematician opening up his algebra book again or something. Pretty much, yeah. Start like, over from basics. Yeah, Because yeah. you were just falling out of your groove. Yeah, like uh, a big part of League of Legends is killing the minion creeps on time. You're getting that last mm-hmm. hit to get the gold. And that's like the beginner thing that you need to understand to do in order to progress through the game because if you don't have money you can't buy items and you can't get kills etc so they kind of just sat me down and they were like yeah your 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 cs your creep score 
is uh, is abysmal. Like you have to, you actually have to sit down and relearn how to do that. Otherwise, we're not going to play with you. And I was like, okay, okay, uh, I'll, I'll learn how to do that. And so I've been trying. I've been getting a little better, um, but it's it's not something that I seek out on my own anymore it's definitely something where if someone's like hey you want to play league with me and i'm like yeah fine i'll kill an hour why not it's not it's not something that i'm like yeah, oh who, i can't wait to play league today that hour? yeah right like you just might as well just waste it playing league yeah i mean what's an hour you know yeah nothing nothing yeah <laughs> so anyway um so Haley, have you been doing any any league rethinking or blasting things in Star Wars or anything else at all <laughs> related or not? Um, I just started playing Diablo three again. Ooh, excellent! So that's been a journey because I have it for both PC and PS4. And when I first got it, I played a lot on PC. Um, but then I switched over to PS4 because I found it a lot more convenient. So I was playing on the PS4 for a really long time and I just finally re-downloaded it onto my PC. Um, so I'm getting back into playing the PC version and I was thinking about picking up the Necromancer pack, but I'm not entirely too sold on it just yet. So I'm not sure if I'm actually going to get it or not. Hmm. Well, why did you find the <coughs> PS4 version more convenient? Just a matter of accessing the PS4 system, or did you like playing it on that system more? I think I just found it a lot more convenient to pick up the controller from my bed and just sit in my bed and okay. playing it, instead of like booting up my PC, getting on the PC, and then sitting in my chair for hours on end. That makes sense. I mean, like, I sleep at my desk chair anyway, so computer gaming is always convenient for me, but if you do have a bed that you sleep in, I can see that a gamepad would definitely be more convenient. I I just prefer being comfortable. Well, I mean, you know, that makes sense. Some people are like that. But now you said you're on the fence about the Necromancer pack. Is that... Well, first, how old is that pack? Because I haven't followed Diablo 3. I mean, is that something relatively recent, or is it like an older update? And then, what about it makes you on the fence? It's relatively new. I'm pretty sure it came out last year. And I'm just on the fence because, one, I don't know if I should get it for console or PC. And then, two, I'm not entirely sure if... I'm going to be able to devote enough time to it to get, like, my full 15 or $20 out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's understandable. I mean, like, one of the reasons... I've already referenced it twice, Far Cry 5. I just I haven't gotten it because I don't know if I'd have the time anytime soon to actually devote to it. To, to make it worth my while. Like, I definitely want to pick it up eventually because I I never played Diablo, the original Diablo or Diablo 2. I Ooh. just started Ooh. with 3. Um, Interesting. I, it's, it's because, like, my 
my brother and my dad used to play World of Warcraft. So a long, long time ago, I used to play that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of stopped and I never got into Blizzard games after that. So when I got my PS3, I got Diablo 3 as a Christmas gift. Um, because my brother wasn't interested in it, so he was like, here, like, I'll just re-gift this to you. So I took it, and then I started playing it. I really liked it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it looks really cool, and I want to play it. I just, I don't have enough time to devote to Diablo as I used to. Because, like, I have a really nice monk build, but it's out, it's really outdated. And it definitely needs upgraded. Oh, I love the monk. Oh, boy. And I would love to play Diablo 3 as well. I'm actually the opposite. I have played the first two, but I haven't played 3. And I I just never got... I mean, it came out in... Was it 2012? Is that when it came out? That's what I'm thinking. 2011 or 2012, somewhere in there. Uh, I just didn't... I don't remember. It was one of those that just passed by my radar. I mean, it sounds about right. And and around that time, I was so submerged in Skyrim, I I wouldn't have had gaming time to devote to anything else. But, yeah, like, I, it's in my backlog. It's floating around somewhere in there. But you should definitely play the first two, which I think you can get from Blizzard's online store now. I don't know, maybe even the first one is free? I don't know. I I just know you can get them. And I encourage you to. Like, I really, I love the first Diablo. I just love the, the simple straightforwardness of it. No love for Diablo 2? Oh, well, I, well, I mean, I, I enjoy that one as well. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that classic feel of the first one. And that just single environment with the one dungeon... And the soundtrack. I don't think I ever played the first one, to be honest. I've only played two and three. The little village. Yeah, Tristram. Tristram, and you go to the church, and it's you just go down, and it's the one dungeon that you keep going down in. Maybe that you didn't do that one. No, no, I no, huh? But that um, I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you're fans of the ARPG scene but um, another company Runic Games came out with uh, Torchlight a couple years ago and the the first one yeah I have done I have done that Torchlight yeah Yeah. so so you explaining the whole first Diablo which I've never played by the way so this is why this is so Mm. interesting to me is that that was the original Torchlight you only had one town yeah and you just went through that one dungeon so that's that's probably where that comes from didn't know that yeah and I I love yeah I love Torchlight I played the heck out of it back in the day. I didn't play Torchlight 2 as much. Again, it was around it was in that 2012 time period when like everything just got lost to Skyrim for me. So I didn't play much Torchlight 2. But it was like Diablo 2 in that it expanded with an overworld of different locations. Yeah. yeah. Quick qu- so anyway, quick question for oh, Haley. I'm sorry. Haley, are you just playing through the campaign or are you doing a seasonal character? Um, I have, I have, um, max level characters on both PC and PS4, and I have one seasonal character on PS4, but I don't have a seasonal character on PS3, 
or on PC, I kind of just go in and do some quests and kill some guys and then kind of just like log off so that sounds good gotcha yeah okay cool and how does it like you've played so you played the ps3 version and the ps4 version and i'm just interested like have you played them close enough together to say like exactly what is the difference between them i mean of course i know well just sharper visuals i assume but i, I think it's interesting like, because it's on the PC, but of course on the PC it's just the PC version. But then on PlayStation you have the PS3 version, and then, all you know, years later, well, here's the PS4 one. Like, is it a hugely noticeable difference? It's been a really long time okay. since I played the PS3 one. Okay. <laughs> um, but as far as I can remember, I don't really see any differences besides like graphic upgrades and stuff like that okay okay and now just out of curiosity since we brought it up had you ever played the torchlight games no okay okay well then um so in addition to diablo 3 anything else um i'm still playing stardew valley and I'm in my second year, halfway through winter. I just fixed the bus up, so I have been going to the desert, and I cannot get past, like, the fifth level of the desert dungeon. Like, it it just won't work for me, and it's such a struggle. What is it? Like you say desert dungeon, what is it? What kind of place is it? So when, if you don't buy the Jojo Mart membership and you keep up with the community center bundles and you, I think if you pay, it's like 45,000 in gold, you upgrade the bus and the bus takes you to another location and it's the desert. And mm-hmm. it has a dungeon system similar to the caves that are in the main part of Stardew. But the difference between the caves and the desert is that there's an elevator in the desert that saves your progress after every five le- levels. The diff- and then with the desert, there is no elevator. So if you leave the dungeon, you start back over at one. Okay. So it's a okay. struggle because uh, there's yeah. a there's a challenge and you have to get to the 25th level. And I'm just struggling because I like finally just got an upgraded sword and I'm working on getting better boots. And like the, the enemies are just... 10 times harder than what is in the caves so yeah like what are they is it like mummies and stuff like is it like a pyramid or egyptian there's there's mummies there's these flying bugs that kind of just like buzz back and forth but they don't really bother you like scarabs oh kind of more like flies i think of them as flies and then there are these like green worm things that fly at you like super fast 
and they are super annoying and they will swarm you extremely quickly and I say that those are probably the hardest ones to kill because they come at you so fast. With Mm -hmm. the mummies, they're a little bit harder because the only way to completely destroy them is to bomb them, and I keep forgetting bombs. So Well, that would be a problem. I got to level 5 today and got swarmed by, like, 10 mummies that I couldn't actually (laughs) completely kill because I didn't have bombs because I forgot them again. And if they're swarming you, I mean, I imagine that bomb would hurt you as well. Probably, but I mean, I can I can take a little no, bit like, of damage. No, like holy water balloons or anything <laughs> as an alternative. Unfortunately, not. You just have okay. to pack like a whole bunch of food and hope that the enemies can give you a second to eat it. Okay, well, that would be nice of them. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> But, like most enemies, I'm sure they wouldn't give you that second, because they're not nice. I mean, they they hate you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mummies usually hate the living. That's typically how it goes. I mean, maybe if they didn't die, they wouldn't be so jealous. True, true. Or maybe they're just mindless, controlled by demons or whatever... That's that's usually like one theory behind undead is that they're just controlled by by demons or spirits and it's, they're not actually coming back to life it's just a lifeless corpse being reanimated by a spirit or a demon or something. So, anyway, well, there's that and then the little green wriggly things, I guess they're just filled with hate anyway and then flies, you know. I don't know, flies. <laughs> They're bad enough in the real world. Just, you know, the devil is the lord of the flies, so I guess that explains why, they, why they're why they such hateful enemies. True. So, anyway, um... So, you, of course... you We don't... I mean, maybe it's true for some of us, but I would guess that not all of us just game all the time. There are other things to do, like watch... And recently, a movie came out specifically for gamers to watch. And if my intel is correct, Haley, you have seen this movie. It's Ready Player One. And I would love for you to share any of your thoughts about it, especially as Brennan and I have not seen it. And I don't necessarily plan to. Okay, so is this going to be like spoilers or spoiler free? Well, I would not mind spoilers, so it's up to Brennan. Oh, um, I, uh, I'm gonna have to say spoiler free because I do plan on reading the book That's at some fine. point. Unless you want me to just cover That's my fine. ears and go la la la. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do that, be sure to mute your microphone. <laughs> Editing might be a little tricky. <laughs> or maybe I just leave it in. Maybe your la 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 would be a nice background. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, are are you in a convenient position where you could just hold your ears? I'm gonna take my headphones off. I'll take my headphones off. <laughs> but then again, it would—I don't know. It—I don't know if it would work. It would be weird to have you like out of the discussion. Um, so why don't we just at least start? Let's see how much conversation we can have with it being spoiler-free. I guess, Haley, just like do your best. We'll start with 
like a spoiler-free uh, discussion of Ready Player One. And not like, well, I'll just leave it at that. Spoiler-free. Okay. Um. So I saw the movie on Saturday and I just finished the book today. And while there are some slight similarities um my favorite one being that the dialogue that's spoken some of the dialogue in the book that's spoken is like word for word in the movie which i thought was really nice because they were Mm -hmm. some of my favorite lines Uh, majority of the book is completely different and they kept the bare bones plot line which is um the oasis is there and the main character is trying to win the easter egg um and he of course meets all the same people that he meets in the book but the way that they go about things is completely different and i'm not going to lie i kind of preferred the movie over the book it made Mm -hmm. it a lot more interesting to visualize because a lot of the times i was sitting reading the book just going like okay how many more pages until we get back to the really interesting stuff the one thing i didn't like though was the beginning the beginning of the book and the beginning of the movie are completely different and i didn't like that I was kind of upset because the the main the main points of like the getting the keys and stuff like that they're different. Mm-hmm. And whoever has read the book and whoever has seen the movies, they'll know what I'm talking about. I'm trying not to go into too much detail there, yeah. but the the whole point of the first key and what you're supposed to do for the first key in the movie just was nothing like the book. And that really upset me because I thought the way that they did it in the book was really neat. And I thought the first gate was kind of like a ripoff. It was just boring. And I was kind of just like, well, guess all the other gates are going to be like that. But they weren't. The second one and the third one in the movie were pretty good. I thought the ending was great. And yeah, I definitely I definitely prefer the movie over the book. And I feel like even if you read the book before seeing the movie or if you see the movie before reading the book, you're not spoiling one thing or the other because they are different in the ways that things happen in the way things go about in the settings um in the way that the characters interact in the way that they meet all of that's completely different okay now would you say that if you're a gamer or just a fan of nerd pop culture or whatever is this movie like for you? If if you're watching it, is it like just a wave of fan service, would you say, like with all the things that it references and with its style and so on? I would say that the book 
is more geared towards the older nerdy culture because it Mm -hmm. has a lot more references to games that are a lot older, like original arcade games and um, like uh, like older Atari consoles and things like that. So I feel like people who really enjoy the older generation of gaming and geek culture would definitely really like the book. And mm-hmm. I feel like people who like the more um, recent things will probably enjoy the movie because there's references to um so in the oasis you get to create your avatar and there's you see people running around in halo avatars you see um tracer from overwatch is in there Mm. they shout out to minecraft because um the oasis is built on a whole bunch of worlds you can have any world you want so there's like a minecraft world and you just see all these things that kids Mm -hmm. within recent years would be able to recognize and I can understand why they did that but at the same exact time just like they give small references to the older games and I'm just like you could have had an equal balance of both but I understand why they put in more recent references for the newer generation yeah, just tweaking it a little bit for uh, current current day audiences. And so, were there a lot of non-gaming references? Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw like the Iron Giant is referenced in it and stuff like that. Are there a, a lot, like are there more non-gaming references than gaming references or is it the other way? I would say that it's not all gaming references. Like, the book never claimed to be completely straight gaming references. It's about just nerd culture in general. So mm-hmm. movies, video games, there's a lot of music references. Um, there's a lot of like old school um, manga and anime references and cartoon references. So it definitely has everything just not gaming. Okay. Okay. And would you say, I guess as a as a final question, would you say that you detected Spielberg magic in the movie? Like, could you tell he had his hands involved or or not? Did it just seem like... Or I guess another way to put this would be, would you say that this is like a monumental movie? No. Okay. Like, I don't... I don't think it was over the top or moving in any sort of way. Um, Coming out of it, I could see how... What... How the big message behind it could relate to, say, like, some things that are going on with the internet and video games, like, controversies behind that. But at the same exact time, that's, like, if you Mm -hmm. really sit there and think about it, this game isn't going, hey, I have this big message at the beginning of the movie. It's not like that. It's 
it follows what the book it sort of kind of follows what the book's message is and the book doesn't even have a message like that so oh. i mean personally i don't i wouldn't i would say that i didn't see the spielberg magic as you put it um but even so what he did and the changes that were made between him and the author because i'm pretty sure the author worked on the screenplay um what the the changes that they made to it i feel like really worked out in the end and it worked Mm -hmm. really well and i liked the movie the way it is and i would not change the movie at all besides the first the first gate or key i'd change that part so it actually went the way the book does but besides that i wouldn't change anything okay and now like it sounded like you did you reference that you had just finished the book now had you read this actually i don't even know when the book was published to be honest i don't know if it was recent or if it's 2013 or 14 i'm okay. pretty sure okay so recent because i was going to ask like had you just picked up the book or, or had it been something you'd read a long time before but it's been a recent release, so okay, it makes sense if you were if you had just been reading it around the movie release. Like I said, I didn't even know I really wasn't even aware of the book. Uh, I don't know if that's bad or not, but at my university we have a um a fiction like a fiction class. I forget what's actually called. Um but it's the one that I took was apocalyptic fiction, and somebody that mm-hmm. I work with took the same exact class. And in the class, you get a book list, and throughout the semester, you read all those books, and you do um, some papers and some quizzes on them, and he was reading the book for the class. So I looked at it, and I was like, oh, like, I kind of sort of heard about this movie. Um, I wonder if the book's any good because it sounded interesting. So I picked the book up in the middle of March and I started reading it and then I got really bored of it because the book is a little bit slow so I started reading something else and then I got to like halfway through the book and it just picked up really really fast and I was Mm -hmm. like you know what like this is really good I need to finish this now and Mm -hmm. then the movie came out And I went to see the movie and I wasn't sure if my boyfriend would like it because he's he's really picky about his movies, but he really enjoyed it. He got all the references and it's great. I definitely recommend it. Okay, well, I I mean, I have mild interest in it. I don't know if I'll ever actually get around to seeing it, but... There is mild interest. There's a kernel of interest there. Now, Brennan, I, if my intel is correct, you have neither read the book in whole or seen the movie. Is that right? That is correct. Your intel is very spot on. Okay. And you plan on reading the book first? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people. I'm an English major, so I. Okay. I feel like I have to read the book before I see the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Perfectly fine policy. 
Now, so only one of us then has seen Ready Player One, and again, hoping that my intel continues to be correct, none of us have played Far Cry 5. Is that correct? That is correct. Correct. Okay, because that seems to be another, well, it doesn't seem to be, it is another big topic in the game's industry lately. And a lot of controversy about the game, especially surrounding the strength of its story, expectations versus reality and all that. Now, I again, of course, as I just said, I haven't played the game. I've just been reading some about it, and of course they have been following some of the previews. So I did, we can't talk about it in depth since we haven't played it, but I did want to give at least some discussion to the game since since it is a timely topic. And I guess I'll just start us out here by saying that it seems like the game had a lot of promise to be this sort of hot piece of political commentary on current events, but it ended up just being just being another game. Like it just sort of devolved into another game that's just about shooting things and having fun and the story just became silly and it didn't really offer any striking commentary it just sort of wavered and and fiddled out that's basically from all the things i've read like people who love it they just love it because it's more far cry people who hate it hate that it didn't realize its potential with its story and that's the basic gist i've been getting about it so i, I wanted now to to ask you to like in any footage you've seen of the game or anything you've read like what do you make about far cry 5 and especially has the coverage of it changed your interest in playing it at all um so i was on reddit a couple of hours ago and um i frequent uh r slash games and there was a video posted um i forget who made it it Crobat? Yeah, Crobat, I think. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he essentially made a 20-minute compilation of the attention to detail within the game. I know this is a little different from what you're talking about, but Mm -hmm. um, the attention of of detail from comparing Far Cry 5 to Far Cry 2. And there were a lot of... It's a lot of small details. Like in Far Cry 2, you could shoot a branch off of a tree and it would fall off. And you, it switches to a clip of Far Cry 5 where the guy's shooting a tree and nothing happens. Um, and then there's almost, I guess, bigger differences where in Far Cry 5, people won't... The AI won't jump out in front of a car if they see a car coming right at them. They'll just stay there. Whereas in Far Cry 2, a game that came out... I don't even know how many years ago. 08? I think it was 08. 08, yeah. Um the the ai would they would notice it and then duck out of the way and there was an interesting comment where someone was saying that the the two game the two philosophies behind the game's foundation are vastly different because apparently far cry came out and was almost like a benchmark game and far cry 2 had to essentially one up itself and become this kind of realistic shooter where you know, you would pull bullets out of your arm if you got shot and you had to recover or mm-hmm. um, there were comrades that were down and you had to, you know, hit them with an EpiPen rather than, like, you know, just hit tapping a button and having them come back up. Whereas Far Cry 5, as the series has gone through a couple of years, 
it's become this more outrageous-y kind of sandbox, arcade kind of game. And while I think that that's that's completely okay, you know, like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. you you can't you can't rehash the same game, and and I think that that point was was kind of sound. They they do have two different philosophies. It's sad that you know that developers nowadays can't pay attention to the detail that they used to ten years ago, but. Um, you know, maybe that's just not what they were going for. Um, and on your point with the, the 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 story not being as controversial as maybe people had hoped, um, I'm I'm wondering myself: is was that because of just was that in order to create hype? You know, to to have a founding of the uh, hype for the game. You know, th- this game is controversial, and then it it wasn't, or was it? Um, they took the controversy and then said, "All right, we have to we have we have to dial it back a little bit." I'm, I obviously I haven't played it. I don't know what went down at Ubisoft, but I can't help but wonder what happened there. It's likely, and again, this is all speculation since, of course, I, I haven't played it either. But my my gut my gut instinct it's likely it's a little bit of both that. They did want to create hype and bring attention to the game, but they also realized, you know, this is a AAA release. You know, we need it to be really successful. We want it to have wide appeal. So to to make any to make too firm or too um, striking, as I said before, of of a political commentary in this kind of game, um, likely it it would have backfired in some way, or it would have brought to some unwanted publicity i guess you could say so they just they wanted like enough to hype the game but in the end of it all it had to just be a fun mainstream open world far cry experience i'm Mm. guessing that's kind of what it was yeah i mean it's just hard especially when you're talking about you know the new far cry it's hard to think of it as like this no holes barred biting you know current issues game i mean because like you even said sort of the arcadey open world fun of it like at a certain point, it's like, hey, you know, this, it's the new Far Cry game, you know, you can only do so much of that, like, why take those kind of risks or, or make that kind of dare, you could say, with with Far Cry, with Far Cry you know? Yeah. And you could start a new franchise and, and not have it, like, on the AAA level and then take the risk with that. It's very true. So, anyway, um... And and I like how you you referenced the first Far Cry. Um, did either of you play that right around when it ca- came out? No, I've only played the third one. Actually, I have the second one. I've never touched it. And after watching that twenty minute video, it really made me interested. So I might have to go back and play that. And, and you, Haley, had you played the the original Far Cry or, or any of them like when they when it first came out? No. Okay. Because me, I actually... I did play the original Far Cry back when it came out back in 2004. And, of course, when it came out, it was a PC exclusive. And it was the year uh, that we had Doom 3 coming out and Half-Life 2. And then, of course, on consoles, there was Halo 2. So it was the year of all these big FPS games. And I remember the thing about Far Cry is it launched in the spring of 04. 
whereas all those other three that I mentioned were coming out in the fall. So it kind of got it got a head start on all of them. And it kind of, I remember reviewers noting at the time, it kind of curbed uh, Doom 3's hype that it had behind it, because it had, Far Cry had a really nice graphics engine that had a lot of great shiny effects in it and stuff. So it was kind of like a, a pre-Doom 3, Doom 3 at the time, I remember. And that's how the series, and even in the title, you know, that it's a Far Cry, like... This game is a far cry from anything else. And so it set the precedent then of being this this series that was always ahead, especially graphically. And that's why I think Crisis, the original Crisis, really is what continued the Far Cry series in that sense. Because Crisis was all about maximizing uh, the PC graphic capabilities, and that's what the original Far Cry was really all about as well. And then, of course, Far Cry 2... I have not played I've watched other people play it. I started it. I've heard a lot about it, but I've never done it myself. But apparently, yes, that is like a really a really great game that's become greater in retrospect. Um, but anyway, so um, I'll turn it over to Haley here and, and see what thoughts you have on any Far Cry game, or especially any thoughts on Far Cry 5 and how it's been received. So, like... With most games that I don't buy, but I'm interested in, I watched a playthrough of it by the Rad Brad on YouTube, and I think it definitely lacked in the story. From all the gameplay that I saw, you don't interact with the father that much and I feel like that's the biggest downfall because like that's what everyone I feel like had their controversy over was this cult leader and he's barely in the game you interact with his family more than you do him and I saw the endings I won't spoil it but none of the endings really did anything for me. Um, I, I'm kind of iffy on the supposed good ending. And I can understand the bad ending. But the story definitely lacked. And I feel like it lacked because of just the the main bad guy just barely being there. And I I remember, like, that was a critique, even in Far Cry 3, and maybe, Brennan, since you've played it, you could offer more commentary, and uh, Haley, you too, as well. I don't know if you've played the third one, but I remember a critique of that one was there was all this hype about the villain from the trailers and previews leading up to the game, and then his character ended up being very underwhelming in the game. Like, was that, would you say that's true, Brennan? Oh, uh, oh, well, Vaz. Yeah, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm asking for it. <laughs> 
Yeah. And and villain swaps like that don't always necessarily have to be bad. Like of course in Bioshock, there's a villain swap, but there's a lot of closure with the first villain, and you know how it switches to the second villain is really well done. So it doesn't have to be bad, but it sounds like from what you're saying, they just kind of there is no closure to Voss. They just kind of killed him off. But you know the caveat is you said you haven't played all of it, so who knows? Maybe he did come back in some way. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's 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 a great one for um for villain swapping. Like if if there's, you know, a textbook on villain swapping in games, that would be a textbook example. So anyway, um so Haley, have you how many have you played any of the other Far Cry games? No. Okay. Okay, and then I guess then We'll wrap that discussion up, and maybe at some point there will be some Game Luster staff who have played it, who, well, I think I I know of some who have played it that I know of, but hopefully they can talk about it on a future podcast. For now, we'll begin to wrap this one up with a little discussion on April Fool's, since um, whenever this goes up, I mean, who knows when exactly this one will be published, but... We are recording it on April 4th, so we're just a few days removed from April Fool's Day. And, of course, we I'm sure we all have many personal stories, and we can share some of those, but then there are also gaming media April Fool's stories. And the one that I especially remember is actually back around when Melee was out. And this was a really nasty one. It was from Electronic Gaming Monthly. And... And one of the issues, they said that in Super Smash Bros. Melee, you could unlock Sonic and Tails. And they even had screenshots showing Sonic and Tails in the game. They had the little, you know, what's the phrase, new challenger approaches, you know, with Sonic and Tails. Um, They had the little announcement thing that would appear in Smash Bros. that read, A dream has been casted. Sonic and Tails joined the fight. So they had all these screenshots, and the directions for it was, you had to get 20 KOs in Cruel Melee. Now, if either of you remember Melee, Cruel Melee was, well, Cruel. It was a really tough mode. It was one of those modes where like, you had the wireframe characters that you had to fight, and you had to KO 20 of them, I mean, KOing just one of them, was hard enough. And I remember at the time, my brother 
was trying desperately to unlock Sonic and Tails, and it was just this grueling, hours-long session of doing Cruel Melee over and over, coming closer and closer, but never getting there, and he was just miserable about it, you know, and I, w I never tried myself. Well, I think I did try a few times, and he would get close, like around 15 or even 16 KOs, and it was some of the greatest suffering I've seen as far as suffering while playing a game. He was agonizing over it. And then, in the next issue, you find out it was an April Fool's joke. And that one has stuck with me ever since. It was one of the cruelest, cruel, ha, huh? cruel melee, cruelest April Fool's jokes ever. And the worst part about it was just how convincing it was. They had all the screenshots of Sonic and Tails appearing in the game, fighting in the game. It was some brilliant work on their part because you really thought Sonic and Tails were in this game. And it was, they chose the cruelest, most worst possible mode to say you have to play it and get this many KOs to unlock them. So that's my little gaming media April Fool's story. And now I want to turn it over to you two to share either gaming media stories or just any personal, even non-gaming related April Fool's stories that you would be willing to share. And I guess, um, let's see, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Haley. Uh, you can go first, if there's any that you'd, you'd be willing to share. I don't have any, because I will smack anyone who plays an April Fool's joke on me, because I okay. don't like them. <laughs> yeah, I, I typically don't like them as well. I mean, I don't ever pull them, that's for certain. I mean... It just seems so... Well, it's like on St. Patrick's Day. Like, I never actually pinch anyone if they're not wearing green. You know, like, it's just... It's not <laughs> something I do, you know? And I don't think anyone on Halloween ever actually plays a trick. I mean, it just... It's just something, if you're normal, you just... You don't want to do it, you know? Like, I would never want to play an April Fool's joke on anyone, so... I completely understand you there. I'm glad you don't have any to share and that you won't stand for that kind of thing because they are cruel. Uh, but but Brennan, I believe that you have a few you would like to share. I I do. Um, oh boy. <laughs> um, I'll start off with my uh, my game my gaming press. Mm -hmm. uh, April Fool's joke. Um, when I was a wee lad in uh, circa 2008 2007 yeah uh, 2008. Um, I was a frequent reader of IGN. Um, not so much anymore, but back mm -hmm. then, uh, I read that every day, like the Sunday paper. Um, mm -hmm. And one April Fool's Day, uh, I didn't check the calendar, and I saw the Legend of Zelda movie trailer. And yes. I lost my mind. I was so happy. I watched the trailer. They made... I, and I can't even begin to describe, like, how, how long... I was like, how long did they did it take them to make this? Like, it actually looked kind of like a movie trailer, except for the whole Ganon. Ganon's beard looked like a wig just taped to his face, but that's besides, yeah. that's besides the point. Um, yeah. I watched the whole thing. I was just so happy, waiting for that, you know, the release date, and... Uh, if I remember correctly, because I haven't watched it since, because every time I do, I cry. Um, they 
the 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 main uh, like the black screen comes up and it you know it says um, releasing April first two thousand nine and in the background you hear every time Link opens up a chest there's like little chest music that plays and while that came up I remember the chest music playing and I was like they got me they they played the <laughs> tune and everything like they and I was devastated I I just uh. and. To make matters worse, if it couldn't get any worse, not only mm-hmm. do I have to deal with constant video game and just pop culture April Fool's pranks, um, fortunate for you guys and uh, not having to deal with this stuff, my mother is uh, notorious for playing April Fool's jokes. Um, ever Ooh. since I was a little kid, um, I remember one year she, I was cutting into my steak and potatoes and a, and a frog popped out of my potato. Oh. I Are lost you it. Me? No, I'm I'm not. I mean, it was a fake frog. Wow. Um, oh, fake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all of it was. Frog. No, jeez, that'd be even worse. Um, that'd be crazy. My mom. Some April Fool's days, my mom would take fake cockroaches and go to like Ugh. we have we have a Chinese buffet near us, and she would leave fake cockroaches near like some of the the food trays. Oh, um. <laughs> that involves other people, right? Besides yeah. you, that was just other people yeah. out in public there. She's, wow. she's it, it gets worse. Like, I don't know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There was how mo- can it get worse? Okay, so this is, I think, the creme de la creme. Um, mm-hmm. This is her, the pinnacle of her genius. So I have to start off with a quick disclaimer. Um, what I'm about to tell you is is illegal. Okay, I'm going to talk about pirating. I know that, that there's a lot of stigma around that, but I was a naive, stupid young boy who thought that he can get away with getting free stuff on the internet. So, for whatever reason, I, I told my mom that I did this, and she didn't really seem to care at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one day, I got home from school, and my dad uh, came up to me and was like, Bren, you know, I respect your privacy. Usually I don't go through your mail, but today I noticed something a little different. Um, It's a letter from the government. And I was like, Dad, it's April Fool's Day. Come on. And he's like, no, 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 read it. So I read it. It had an official seal. It had a return address. It was signed by someone. And essentially what it boiled down to is it was $750 fine per each occurrence. And I had just downloaded like... I don't know, 10 different albums. Um, I, and, and maybe like a game or two. Who knows? Um, and I was like, Dad, come on. Like, this is April Fool's. Like, this is a thing. And I I got a reaming of a lifetime because my dad didn't know that it was a prank. So oh, wow. He, he, like, he actually reamed me out. And then my mom reamed me out. So after going through both of those, I went back up to my room and for like an hour I was trying to do everything to convince myself that it was fake. Um, and then I ended up just realizing that my life had been over because I owed the government like $700,000 in fines. Um, yeah, no, like I, I did the math. I I racked up like a lot of, a lot of cash because it was 750 per each occurrence. So like, come on. Yeah, let's see. 750 times 300 equals. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm, I'm, again, like I said, I'm an English major. Numbers don't make sense to me. But uh, yeah. I, 
the worst part was is that you know that i finally i I cracked like i lost it i started crying i was like oh my god i'm so sorry and my mom was like yeah i gotcha and my dad was the one that was more upset because he was like i actually reamed this kid out like i i i I gave him everything that i had (laughs) poor guy like he he took all of it (laughs) like it was goodness oh yeah it they've gotten kind of worse um since then not no disrespect to my mother but um uh one year there was a there was we had just gotten a a, my puppy clancy um whom you might have heard a couple podcasts ago oh yeah (laughs) Um, yeah i think she and um, rachel barked had a little exchange (laughs) yeah uh the the run the joke was is that we were training the dog and she said that um my mom said that if the dog pooped in the house one of us was going to have to eat it. Oh. Um, well, I would, <laughs> I would believe that in the first place. Well, this is... It gets it okay. gets worse, okay. as, it, as it usually does. <laughs> um, I come home one day. It was an April Fool's Day. I remember I had just a really bad day for whatever reason. And I, I pleaded to my mom. I was like, please don't make me suffer what I've suffered through on this day. Please. She was like, "Fine, I'll let you in on I'll let you in on this one." So what she did, the, the mastermind that she did was, she spent all day boiling down chocolate and molded it with her hands to look like poop, to look like dog poop. Yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And then yeah. w- what's worse is that she took bits of carrot. Oh. She took carrot bits and put it in this chocolate. Right. That is dastardly. <laughs> I know. What a bad so scientist. She- she waits for my little brother to come home, oh. and immediately, Hayden, what is this? And he comes upstairs, and he's like, oh, I don't know, I, I wasn't home, I didn't do it. And she's like, you know what I said about the dog pooping in the house? And immediately, he's just running around the house, and she's chasing him down with this chocolate Goodness. in his hand, trying to shove it in his face, saying, like, eat, eat it. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. I was. I'm still. I'm still trying to get over Sunday. Nothing happened, but I'm. I'm still just. I'm just paranoid. It, every year is just. I. I hate April Fools. I'm so happy that no one else has to deal with this kind of well, emotional trauma. I mean, if I was you, like I'd have that day marked every year. I'd be like coming home, just totally having my guard, my guard up. But, like. Like maybe this is like our first confidential podcast. I don't know. I don't know if 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 your mother or anyone in your family should listen to this one. Maybe. No, no. She she, she knows. I okay. tell people all this, all, all the time these stories, and um, that, like before I even tell anything about my mother, like I'll 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 tell people these stories, and immediately they're just like she's either she's either just just completely evil. <laughs> Or she's just the cleverest, funniest person ever, and I would have to go with the latter. Mom, if you're listening to this, there you go. There, there's your, there's your two cents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I tell. She even still has the uh, the letter like hung up in her office. So every time I walk in, I have to look at it. Uh, um, point of pride. She'll never let that one go, and I have not pirated anything anything since then. So that that's your. That's the takeaway from all this. Right. Don't pirate stuff. Yes, you'll, you'll get caught by the internet police. Yes, don't be a fool. And yeah, but I, no. I do wonder, like, 
when you have someone like that, if there's ever been like, uh, how should I put it? The, the mother who cried April fools. I don't know. Like a boy who cried wolf situation. Like, and I'm not asking you to give one, but if like there was ever an April fools for like something really bad, like that had happened and she was trying to convince you and you're just like trying to blow it off. And then it like ends up like, no, this is a real thing. Like, you know, the police no. are in your room and they have questions about all this stuff under your bed. Oh, come on, Mom. No, no, seriously. <laughs> and you're walking in like, oh, hey, are these your friends? Where did you get the cop uniforms from? Haha, ha, you know. And they're actually like, cops. Punching them in the chest, you know, flipping their hats off. Oh, get out of here. I know you're just friends my mom hired. And then, <laughs> Sir, we have a warrant for your arrest. Assaulting an officer. I can see stuff like that happening. You know, that that's never happened, but it has crossed my mind. Yeah. Like, it, not only that, but then, like, I don't know. I always think I'm going to be framed for murder one day. <laughs> like, I, and just, Why would like, you think I, that? I, 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 well, not... Pirating? Well, framed. Framed for framed murder? Framed for murder. Like, yeah, what I is the side to you that's coming out? Trust me, I'm I'm a I'm a good person, but it's all because of these April Fools Day pranks. <laughs> they've ruined you. <laughs> they've they've scared me straight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I don't I don't go around afraid. Oh, I don't know. I'm so afraid I'm going to get caught for stealing things. Well, why? I mean, if you don't steal things, why? Why? No, that's why I said framed for murder. Yes, framed. I okay. wouldn't actually, I wouldn't actually do the murder, actually but I'd be framed for the murder. Framed for murder. Yeah, like my hair would be found at the crime scene or whatever, and they just assume that it was me. I, I, I don't know. She's very clever. I, she would come up with something. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just so scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking through like all these scenarios where like if I had a mother like that, I would be always, like, cautious and afraid. <laughs> like, it's to the point where it's even like, you know, hey, son, we got you a, a gift, our gift for graduation. Here, open it. Uh, what's today's date? No, go ahead and open it. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Go ahead. And you, you like, never know what you can do around her. Uh, sometimes the worst thing is, uh, especially akin to this Sunday, um, my my parents were up at Newport for the weekend, and they didn't come back until late Sunday night. But the whole, even while no one was in the house, all Sunday I was just afraid <laughs> that something something was going to happen. That the whole trip and, was a ruse. Yeah, right. Like just something crazy. And my, my parents finally came home, and I, I, I luckily I waited till the next day. I, I didn't ask her the day of the next day because. You know, it's not longer April Fool's Day. You can't pull pranks on April second. That just that doesn't fly. Um, <laughs> very sarcastic. Yeah. Um, but but she was like, no, that that was the prank. The prank was that you thought that something was going to happen. And oh, like did. a double prank. Yeah. So she still got me somehow. I I don't I don't even know. Like it's. it's that she thinks of everything, man. That sounds like the premise for a movie. Uh, like I swear, I've seen one where like the the conflict was the character was constantly afraid that something was going to happen, and then ended up not being happening. And like the whole point was, well, their fear of that happening was the thing. And I can't remember. I can't think of it. 
That does sound kind of familiar. But that premise sounds familiar. Like, especially the idea of someone traveling away, and you think they're going to get you. And so you're constantly just like, everything everything that happens, you think they're getting you. Like, like a friend wants to hang out, and you're like, oh, no, no, I, I know what's going on here. And it, like, ends up just that fear of the thing happening ruins everything else. And it was that very fear that was the prank itself. Exactly. I didn't leave my room all day. <laughs> well, see, that's pretty I... dastardly. I mean, that's like, again, <laughs> mad scientist stuff. I mean, goodness. I just, I, but at the same time, I can't wait to ask her for ideas <laughs> for my, my future children. Yes. Um, oh. if, that's, if that's a thing. A family tradition. Uh, oh, I have to, I have yes. to continue this. I, I absolutely have to. I did get her once. In third grade, I put a whoopee cushion under her on, on her chair under a blanket, uh, and I'll never forget that. That was my one triumph. Um, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't done anything since because again, I'm I'm afraid of the framing for murder thing. I'm afraid <laughs> she's going to step up her game. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, you know, some of us it's framed for murder. Others of us it's trying to unlock Sonic and Tails in melee. But in any case. April Fools can be painful, can be cruel, or it can be nothing because, like Haley, we have the resolve to stand up to any pranks that are played on us. And with that, that will do do up here our little podcast. We had some good discussion. Um, and although there's no To Be Honest segment this time, this was a TBH podcast, although this rule has now been broken and the CBH rule exists, we now, once again, reunite as Team TBH. So, thank you, Brennan, and thank you, Haley, both for joining me again. This is Trevor signing off once again on the Game Luster Podcast.